Well, happy Easter. This year for Lent, we've been journeying towards the cross, and now Easter is finally here. So let's jump in and consider the meaning of Easter. In the beginning, according to Genesis, God created the heavens and the earth. He left the earth with rough edges and put humanity in it to continue working on it. And in the middle of creation, he made a garden. And in the middle of that garden that he made for humanity, he, he made a tree, the tree of life that was to sustain humanity. In the end, according to Revelation, the world will be a city. The world will be developed. And in the middle of this city will be a garden. And in the middle of that garden will be a tree of life to sustain all of humanity. Today we go to the garden between the gardens. We've been journeying with Jesus to this point, And last week we ended with his conviction to death. And while today is Easter Sunday, I, I want to make sure that we don't miss what happens on Friday and Saturday before we get to Sunday. After Jesus is whipped, mocked, and abused, a crown of thorns is placed on his head, and he was condemned to die. He is forced to carry his cross to the site of his crucifixion. He was so tired, and he lost so much blood that he couldn't carry the cross the whole way, and so a man named Simon is forced to carry that burden with him. He's taken a short distance to, to outside of the gate of the city. Romans always crucified outside the city and on a main thoroughfare so that people could see the crucified person and, and know this is what happens if you mess with Rome. So about nine in the morning, Jesus is nailed to a cross. Now death on a cross is actually death by suffocation. You lose the strength to, that it takes to pick up your chest and let air into your lungs. It's normally done low to the ground. We have this image of Jesus being high on a, on a hill, but, but it's not. Uh, he's probably low to the ground where his detractors or those that he's hurt could, um, could abuse him and could exact their revenge. The, the text says it's near a place called the Skull, called Calvary or Golgotha in different languages. But it wasn't necessarily a big hill. It was probably near the hill, lower to the ground. Jesus speaks seven times from the cross that we know about from the Gospels. He says, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise, to the thief next to him. He says to his mother, Woman, this is your son. And then to John, this is your mother. He says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I thirst. It is finished. And Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. On that dark day, the sky went black. A centurion and a thief on the cross believed, but many mocked. While still others went about their lives believing that their problem with Jesus was over. We must remember that this is Friday, which meant that the Sabbath started at sunset. In the Bible, uh, the evening and morning was the first day. In Genesis, uh, the day starts with sunset. And so um, with the Sabbath coming, they weren't allowed to do any work on the uh, Sabbath, particularly on a holy Sabbath connected with Passover. And so there was a need to make sure that Jesus was not on the cross, that none of them, none of those crucified were on the cross during the Sabbath. And so what they would do is if, if the Romans were very good at, at crucifixion, if they needed to, um, they would break the person's leg so that they couldn't pick themselves up and, and it would, they would actually die quicker because they couldn't breathe. 
But Jesus' legs wasn't broken, weren't broken because he was already dead. They put a spear into his side somewhere around three o'clock in the afternoon. The text describes that that uh, water and blood comes out. Now I watched a special on the History Channel where doctors took a look at this account and and did some experiments, uh, safe experiments, to see what this what kind of stress the body would come under. And uh, their suggestion is that Jesus died of an aneurysm in his heart. That would explain if his heart wall burst in some way, fluid would have surrounded the heart to, to keep the blood in that place. And so it, if he was stabbed in the side, water would come out first and then blood. Maybe they could suggest he uh, hurt his heart when he was whipped or when he fell under the weight of his cross. And then as his heart beat widely, wide wildly while he was on the cross uh, his heart burst and he probably died that way water and the blood have been taken by the church to represent baptism and the lord's supper but i also like to note that jesus probably died actually of a broken heart one of the priests who was also a believer got permission to take the body of jesus and put him in his family's newly cut tomb so this man, Joseph of Arimathea, takes down the body, does a fast burial with some of the, the women that were friends of Jesus to get him ready to put him in the tomb. Uh, they don't have a lot of time because sunset is maybe six or seven. He's dead about three o'clock. They only got a couple hours to get his body down to get him prepped for burial. And they, so they do a temporary job, assuming that on Sunday morning, the beginning of the week, they ought to be able to go back and take care of the body permanently. Now we, we've been paying special attention in this series uh, to, to where these locations are. So let me talk briefly about where these locations may have been. I did a whole sermon on this when we did Easter in November. Um, but what, what we know is that this place would have been outside the walls and near a main gate. It was also near a garden, so that it's described where Jesus's body was buried the likely place would have been a quarry and there were a lot of quarries in the time of Jesus because they had done so much work to build up the city and particularly to build the temple walls and uh, the temple mount that we talked about in an earlier sermon so there were these quarries and what they would do is they would get to the bottom of the quarries they would move all these stones and then uh, when they got to where the rock wasn't as usable they'd make a garden there okay they would use that space and then in the sides of those quarry walls, there, there was just natural to then also have, if you were wealthy, uh, a burial tomb. Okay, this burial chamber cut into the side of walls. So we can assume that, that there were a number of these in the time of Jesus. Um, one site that still kind of looks like this, though it's not the historical place, it's called the Garden Tomb. It's in the, just north of the old city of Jerusalem. There's a tomb there in the garden. Um, a cliff nearby that resembles a skull and so in 1883 a man named Charles Gordon saw this and thought this is probably where Jesus was now, now we know that this tomb is actually too old but it, if you see pictures of it it has the feel of a garden tomb I mean imagine as you think about this garden tomb how the disciples felt all through Saturday knowing that their friend their rabbi, their leader, was now dead. 
knowing he was in that tomb. How lost, confused, hurt, and heartbroken they would have been. Now, the more accurate place uh, to where Jesus was, prob- this will probably all happen, is in what is now called the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. It's a big church, so it doesn't look like a garden at all anymore. Um, but it's been a site of worship since about 335 A.D. But in Jesus' day, it was a quarry, and we know that there were tombs from around that day in this uh, place. The church has several elements. When you walk in, you can go upstairs, up this little set of stairs, and then you can reach under an altar and touch a hole where it's said that the cross would have stood. Um, Whether that is the place or not of the cross, we can't be quite sure, but it's probably right near there. When you come back down, there's a flat stone where Jesus' body was laid out and prepared for burial. Again, can't know exactly the place, but it's very close to there. And then there's a a round rotundra, a a round room with this marble building inside of it called the Edicule. And if you go in there, you can find the tomb of Jesus, a a bed where he may have laid and resurrected. and, And even recently, they figured out that in those walls are still stone from the original uh, quarry. So this really may be the place where Jesus rose from the dead. Let's imagine this scene now as I read for you from Mark 16, 1 through 8. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. Very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying, they were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting, sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe. And they were alarmed. And, they, and he said to them, Don't be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell the disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. So early in the morning, some women go to finish the burial process that they had to do so quickly on Friday. They expect a dead body to anoint, the body of the one they love, the body of the one that some of them at least saw die. So they go to the garden and instead they find an empty tomb. The stone was rolled away, the guards were gone, and the burial wrappings were piled where the body had been. They were told, he has risen, he is not here. Chaos ensues as people come to and from the tomb. It's even hard to kind of summarize between the four Gospels all the things and the sequence of events that are going on here. Angels speak. Jesus greets. But they think he's the gardener. And he appears to many in the coming months. To this day, nearly 2,000 years later, a special celebration every year marks this time. Easter. But why is this day so important? Yeah, it's a miraculous story, but it's more than that. In the beginning, God made a garden. 
with a tree of life in the middle. In the end, God will make a garden with a tree in the middle. But to get from one garden to the other, there had to be a garden in the middle. The garden between the gardens. That this garden, this resurrection tomb, is the garden between the gardens. And the cross is the tree of life between the trees. And to get from one to the other. From the beginning to the end, because of sin and because the world was not as it should be. Jesus had to go to the cross. To get from one tree to the other, from one garden to the other, God has to purchase the victory. Easter is the garden between the gardens. And the cross is the tree between the trees. The real tree of life. And the garden is a call to new life. So where you are dead, may Jesus be raising you up. Where you are rotten, Jesus is giving new life. Where you feel buried, Jesus is rolling away stones. Let us celebrate this day, for he is not in the tomb. Christ is risen. He is risen.